All right, episode 18 of the Mongrel Punt podcast, coming to you from the Under the Bed studios at the luxurious uh, northern Melbourne cesspool COVID infested wasteland that we live in. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say backwater. Well, you know, I don't want to be too derogatory <laughs> about where we live, but yeah, we're, we're quite backwater here. And uh, as of tonight, we're all locked down in our houses at stage four restrictions. Lucky you, people who live interstate or you know, don't have COVID, I suppose. Um, <laughs> just got finished with the Collingwood Fremantle game. Uh, before we start, just wanted to introduce the lovely Mrs. Mungrel who made lemonade scones yesterday. I did not know you could make scones with lemonade, but uh, I highly recommend them. We've demolished the whole lot. Our daughter really wanted to uh, have a few more, but uh, someone else in this room right now may have put a few too many away that was me wasn't it <laughs> no it was me actually but uh you did you did get stuck into quite yeah, a few sure as did. well um so i'll jump straight into the the free mental game oh wait on actually you're touching your hair oh yes yeah, sorry guys sorry we have to touch on a very serious issue here with the uh with the new restrictions coming in mrs mongrel has had to cancel her hair appointment for tomorrow which she's been waiting how long i don't even know maybe Five months. Five months for. And the night before, Premier Dan Andrews has announced stage four lockdown and we don't want to risk a $1,600 fine. Now, she's just sitting here shaking her head at me. I don't see her angry often, but we had a bit of a moral dilemma as to whether we cancel the appointment or risk it and uh, and, and head over, which, you know, I think this, this hair appointment is in Brunswick. Yeah. It's an essential service for me. But realistically, not an essential service. Yeah, I, I can't believe that hairdressers are still allowed to be open again. No, neither can I. So, but, you know, I got a reminder for the appointment. I'm thinking, what the hell? And I was like, oh, yeah, well, I suppose I'll go. But no, 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 I will not. No, well, I don't want to say I put my foot down because that would be putting my foot in it. But <laughs> I recommended that we probably uh, sacrifice a little bit of money, which was the deposit, yep. which the guy has now refunded. Yeah, because Adrian... From Delilah Hair in Brunswick. That's where I go for all my <laughs> tips that I get put in my hair. Grey for that for those listening. He's a lovely, lovely guy. And a great hairdresser. Yeah, well I've never met him, so I'm just gonna take your word for it. I don't go into those <laughs> You're places. You're supposed to say something nice about my hair now. You don't need a hairdresser, damn it. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> you could just brush it once in a while. <laughs> Too much effort. All right, so we'll just jump into the, the Collingwood and Fremantle game, which finished probably 15 minutes ago. Fantastic pressure from Frio. You can see why they're in such a scrap with the Cats last week. And in the wet last week, really didn't work for them. Their kicking skills aren't great. However, they got this young bloke named Caleb Sarong. They've really got a player here. You can talk all you want about Brayshaw and Chera getting better. But Sarong, today for the second week in a row, he got the Rising Star nomination last week and he was probably their best midfielder again today. You can see where they're headed with this group. Fife's 28. You could see him go forward a lot more with this young fella in the middle. So he had Fife against Darcy Moore up forward. Moore was supreme. He was, I think he had 13 intercepts for the game. But the kicking to Fife was absolutely atrocious. He'd point forward and start running forward. They'd kick it straight back over his head. I mean, I I have no idea why... He, I think I know why he ties his hair up into that little bun, because he'd be tearing his freaking hair out if uh, if if it was hanging down there. So he he was 
looking like he was a bit out of position a lot. He snuck forward and got one goal. He still ended up with like 15 contested possessions, playing most of the game forward, which is a little bit crazy. Saw Braden Maynard get isolated on Brandon Matera a few times, and Maynard just took mark after mark after mark. That's your buddy Maynard. Looks like Pendlebury, remember? He does a bit. Yeah, well, you think he looks like him a lot, except a little bit more solid. That's all right. I think we're with solid. Yes, so we're here. Fremantle, I think they, they brought back a bloke called Connor Blakely, and I've heard a few Frio fans talking about how much he needs to be included in the side. Now, yeah, he may need to be included in the side, but he needs to clean up his kicking because there's a couple of times in the middle where he absolutely hacked it, caused turnovers, and Collingwood went forward. Could have been really, really costly. Luke Ryan was huge in this game, a little bit more on him later, and it was a great win for this club. Sends the Pies back to 10th, Collingwood outside the 8 now, after being premiership favourites a few weeks ago. So all of a sudden, they're looking a bit iffy. Where are the Saints? Saints sitting, I think, third. Oh, that's right there. They're up there, are they? Yeah. Oh, hey, I, wow. I don't like this this uh, <laughs> affinity you've got for St Kilda at the moment. It's rather troubling. Hawthorne had a great win on the weekend, by the way. Well, it was actually Friday afternoon, which was crazy. I know that Gunston did a lot because he, I've done the stats for you. Yes, he did do a lot, and he'll be climbing our uh, Mongrel 50 rankings, I think, in the next couple of weeks. You forgot to tell people what they get if they're members. Well, why don't you tell people what they get if they're members? You get something about 50 rankings per week. Yeah, yeah, that's nothing like it. But <laughs> maybe maybe I'll tell people what they get. So you get access to our player rankings each week, which is basically the weekly rankings that feed into our Mongrel 50 every few weeks. You get defensive rankings, wingman rankings, access to good, bad and ugly reviews before everybody else, which I think really came in handy for a lot of West Australian readers last night when it was up by about 10.30 WA time and they got to read all about West Coast's big win over Geelong. So they were a pretty happy bunch, except for one guy who's never going to read our stuff again who's a Geelong supporter. Good luck to you, mate. Back to your echo chamber on your Geelong board and have a great time there. <laughs> I'm not pleased about that sort of shit. That's I'm never going to read your stuff again. <laughs> no, nah, but if you're not going to read it, just don't read it. Don't tell me about it. I don't need to know what you, how crap your life is and what you do. Imagine if I announced to everybody, I'm not going to read your stuff again. Yeah, I'm always well, on the internet. Yeah, you'd, be on, you'd be on Reddit telling people, I'm never going to read your comments again. I've, I've blocked you. Yeah, have a bit of a tantrum. One of the things I noticed, I haven't briefed you on this bit yet, because I want to get your organic reaction. Oh, here we go. I did show it to you, though. So... Right before the, the North Melbourne game, North Melbourne-Adelaide game, Dermot Brereton was on the pre-game show. And he had some comments on Majak Dor returning to the game. Now, the story of Majak Dor coming back is fantastic. Everyone loves it. But the perception of Dermot Brereton is that he's a knockabout, giggly idiot on TV, right? He, and he perpetuates that. He doesn't hold back on having a laugh and having a joke. But there's a lot of substance under that, if you look for it. And Derm's voice started to break as he spoke about Magic Door coming back, and you could tell he was on the verge of tears. And he spoke about Door reclaiming his life. And if you've paid attention over the years, you'd know that Brereton has a history of suicide in his family. So a couple of members of his family have taken their own lives over the journey, so it obviously means a hell of a lot to him. So hearing him basically almost almost break character, I suppose and start speaking about it in in such passionate terms. Really, really good insight into the kind of guy Dermot is. 
I was just really impressed with him doing that, given he knew it was going to affect him and be something that oh, so, something that, that would cause him to, to be in a little bit of distress as he said it. So it's very interesting. I don't know what your take was on that. I think he's absolutely spot on that it's important because I can't, I can't think of another person at all who has been in the spotlight in any field, had mental health issues, actually attempted to commit suicide and made a comeback. Yeah, at the top level. I cannot think of a single person. But in any field, in the arts, in, you know, academia, in sports, I cannot think of anybody. And that's that's really... Well, some of the ones that actually try and succeed end up getting bigger after they're gone. Yeah. But not many people try and then, you know, get bigger and better after it. On track, yeah. So, you know, fingers crossed that, that Majak gets the rest of the season... You know, uninjured, you can make a real run at it, signs a new deal. and So yeah, tip of the hat to Dermot and all the best to, to Majak going forward. You have, have jotted something down here around hairstyles and who you're not impressed with. Going on from last week, there was a, a bit of a bit of disgust on your behalf around... Well, I'm not even sure if I can comment considering the state of my own hair, but I think that these poor guys are actually doing their own hair. Because I can't imagine any self-respecting hairdresser doing this to them. So we've got a few names. Yeah, well, the ones you named last week look like they got their hair cut by a blind man. So who you got this week? Jake Waterman. Jake Waterman? Yeah. He looks like he's, uh, you know those scrubbing, the, the metal scrub things? A brush? Scourers. A scourer. He looks like he's just kind of tucked a few on the back of his head and just spray-painted them brown. It's bad. Are you familiar with a man named Fraser Gehrig? Fraser no. Gehrig played for West Coast at one point, transferred to St Kilda. Uh, Coleman medalist, kicked 100 goals in a season. Really, really big dude, but had a horrible mullet. And Jake Waterman looks like he's trying to channel him. He looks like a skinnier version of Fraser Gehrig. Fraser Gehrig, his nickname was the G-Train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The G train, and I'm thinking that the Jake Waterman's probably a smaller version of him. So, what, what do you reckon his nickname could be? Maybe the G little G G spot. G maybe? spot. <laughs> so G spot, Jake Waterman. Uh, well done to him. He's uh, earned himself a new nickname here today. That's so sad. Who else you got? Uh, Liam Duggan. Ooh, had a good game on the weekend. Yeah. He's also got a little porno mustache at the moment. Yeah. I actually wrote about him. He played well. I wrote about him in the West Coast Geelong review, which someone's never going to read again. Uh, And Stop picking on the poor guy. Someone basically said that they really dig what he's got going on there. That porn star mustache and the mullet. I read that comment. I've... uh, I reckon my mullet when I was 17 puts his to shame. Although I couldn't do the, the little porn star mo at that point. I couldn't, couldn't conjure that. You looked that. appalling. I've seen those photos. Looked you looked, you looked past tense? so bad. Yeah, you're All way right, better cool. looking now. Yeah. Just, uh, we, we better document that. Maybe a footnote <laughs> on the on the <laughs> podcast notes. Just to, so everyone knows that I'm much better looking than I was when I was under 18. Okay, so the next person is Ben Long. How many have you got? That's it. All right, good. Ben Long's not even playing at the moment. He's suspended. Where did you see his picture? I sometimes look up AFL players to go into my draft. 
Oh, and you found Ben Long. I found Ben Long, and honestly, I can't be too mad at him because there's one picture where I found where he looks kind of like me when I get out of the shower and his hair's all just... Ugh. It's bad. It's like stringy on top and then just wispy down the bottom. And He's, he's cultivating it. He's, it's, it's a look he's going for. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but he's doing it well, whatever he's doing. Do you know how much I love St Kilda? You do. It's, it's a bit abnormal. They, I don't like they it. They do need to sort this out. One of your favourites, Eddie Maguire, uh, came out the other day. And oh, did he? Had, How good for him. Well, you know, it's, it's been <laughs> well mooted, done, mooted for a while. So a couple of teams were uh, breached for, or were fined for um, breaching the COVID lockdown rules up there or the isolation rules up in the hub, right? Eddie Maguire comes out and makes this statement. I've got it here for you. If you do this, you're all clear. If you do that, you're in big trouble. If anyone transgresses, you're on the plane home. We're not going to cop this stuff. I think that's where it's got to be. It's just got to be so clear-cut that no one can have any mitigation that I thought this happened or I thought that happened. I thought I could do this. No, you can't. Bang. That was his quote. And the next day, his head coach, Nathan Buckley, and his number one assistant, Brenton Sanderson, buggered off to play tennis with Alicia Mollick whilst they were in WA. Alicia Mollick always makes me think of mollusks, by the way. (laughs) Little mollusks. (coughs) Look, Buckley, if I can give up my damn haircut, you can give up a tennis match. I mean, what's he thinking, for starters, right? And how how can he possibly have any, any authority to tell the players now, hey, you guys, stay here, do this, do that. I'm just going to go and play tennis with this woman who is, you know, number whatever tennis player for a number of years. Nothing huge, but what's the attraction to that? I mean, do you just... She's she's pretty good looking. Oh, is she? Did you just Google her? Yeah, well, I didn't know who she was. She doesn't look like a mollusk at all. (laughs) You're so disappointed. Yeah, I was thinking she might be a little stocky thing, you know. So Nathan Buckley putting in the legwork there with Alicia Mollick. Well done, buddy. Cost Cost your club 50 grand. Right, 25 of it suspended. And Buckley immediately put his hand up to his credit and said, I'm going to pay my portion of it, not the club. Especially given Maguire also said that anybody who breaches should be paying it personally now. Maybe that's his mea culpa. So the Collingwood response was this. At the time, we believe we had followed and adhered to the protocols as required, but after returning to the hotel and readdressing the circumstances, it became crystal clear that we had breached the current AFL protocols. The competition is asking its constituents to make great sacrifices for the show to go on, and we have all accepted these for the long-term future of the industry and the privilege of participating within it. They did not breach any West Australian government protocols. This is a very disappointing reminder of how vigilant we must be to keep the season alive. Yep, that's great. That's great. But your president said, if you screw up, get on the plane home. Until... It actually happened to his club. And all of a sudden, it's a different kettle of fish. And Eddie McGuire's like, oh, well, he, he sends someone else out to chop this line out. It was um, Mark Anderson, Collingwood chief executive. So the president's quite happy to come out initially and mouth off and say, everybody should do this and everyone should do that until it actually affects think, his club. Do you think it was the other guy's first time he's been allowed to go out and say something on his own? Oh, probably, Eddie? yeah, without, yeah. like... Maguire's hand up his jumper, like <laughs> working him like a pup. I'm saying jumper because I don't think it'd be anywhere else. But um, 
<laughs> working like a puppet. Anyway, so we've had Hawthorne suspend, uh, fined for someone going out and buying some chips. That was a brilliant move from my team. Carlton, uh, one of the grandparents took some kids to a theme park. Oh, That's classic grandparents stuff. classic that. grandparents. They don't give a shit what they're doing. They just go like, eh, I'm taking the kids to the theme park. All right, grandma, grandpa, we can't really go. Yeah, yes, you can. Let's go. Screw it. Let's go. Yeah, I feel actually that that's the one I feel bad about. I reckon these ones probably haven't seen these kids in a while. Yeah. And like, while you're up here, we're going to have some fun. Kids are all for it. They're like, yeah, shit, yeah, let's go. They probably didn't swear at their grandparents. <laughs> unless they have that sort of relationship. But uh, they would have been all all in, all in for that. Um, North Melbourne believed that they had permission for the families to go to the games. Um, they've been fined as well. The best one is Mrs. Cochin. Oh, no. Mrs. Cochin went to the day spa and put something on Instagram. So, so Mrs. She, went, she went to a day spa? She went to a day spa, posted something to in- Instagram talking about how badly her skin needed this, and then quickly deleted it. So obviously someone's seen it and gone, oh, shit, you're in, in the day spa. You're supposed to be in lockdown or in quarantine or whatever. And she's quickly deleted it. But uh, too late, Brooke, you got caught. And uh, that was 50 grand for Richmond. Very expensive uh, skin treatment there. Do you think uh, Cotter's just like, what? I reckon, what I reckon give him oh a chance. God. He's off getting his hair done. So, definitely. Look, I somewhat... I somewhat uh, you understand? I, well, just, just... Well, we we were thinking of risking something. a $1,600 fine for you to get yours done. <laughs> 50? Oh, I mean, really, I what we're more thinking of is I'll just take some scissors to myself and see what happens. For your hair, right? Oh, God. Yeah, good. <laughs> I don't want you to get too upset. <laughs> Devastated. Hey, we saw the Battle of the Quads this weekend. So I, I thought it might oh, happen. That was a thing of beauty. I thought it might happen. I thought, oh, well, we have Ollie Wines one side, Christian Petrarca on the other. At one point, worlds will collide. Now, it was like Thymageddon. <laughs> you actually called me over quite excited to the TV to show me because you know I like thick men. Well, you're, you're with me. Um, what do you mean by this? <laughs> it says the thick guy. Yeah, you're nice and thick in the thighs. Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah, there nice we go. and thick all over, ladies. <laughs> Especially the stomach. So it happened in the first 30 seconds. I believe Petrarca grabbed the ball, ran straight into an Ollie Wines tackle. It was just this tangle of thighs taking up Fantastic. the screen. And I, I anticipated this happening. I called you over at the start. I went, oh, look, Petrarca and Wines in the center together. Next thing you know, the ball goes up, bang, they collide. It was like one gigantic thigh pile. <laughs> well, we have to come up for a nickname for those two when they when they collide, like thyroid or something. <laughs> oh my god! It was pretty good overall. I have a thyroid deficiency. There you go. There you go. Look at that. It's all working beautifully. So Petrarca ended up having twenty four touches in this game and a goal. He had fifteen contested touches. Wines, I think, had the better of him early in the game. So at, by halftime, Wines had 16 of his 25 touches, travelled at 84%. The game was over. So if you're looking at the Thigh Master Challenge, I give this one to Ollie Wines. I reckon he got over him. So we might jump into a few players I thought were excellent this round. I know that you're very interested in this subject. I can tell by the way you just looked away and looked like you'd rather be anywhere else. I half closed my eyes. Yeah, well, we've well. talked about the good stuff. That's how I walk through life, you know. Half my half closed eyes. That's why I keep bumping into stuff. <laughs> you do actually. The amount yeah. of head injuries you've had. Yes, well. Explains a lot. Quite a bit. Dustin Martin. He was excellent 
last week. It seems strange saying that. Well, it's Sunday night, so it's kind of last week. He uh, had 26 touches, 8 inside 50s, and 3 goals. But I'm wondering how much the talk of some of the younger guys usurping his spot at the top of the tree got to him. I don't think he listens to us. Just just a hunch I have. <laughs> I don't think he listens to us. I don't even think he reads the paper. Hell, I don't even know if he can read. But I doubt he listens to people on the on the radio either. I don't reckon he watches footy TV shows at all. But eventually, you know, people, other people do. And someone else might mention it and say, oh, hey, someone thinks Petrarca's better than you. Someone thinks that he's, this season is starting to measure up to you. Does he play the same position as Petrarca? More or less. Uh, they, they both play midfield and they both move forward. So, well, they don't, and, they, and they move backwards and sideways. <laughs> I was going to say, doesn't everybody, but okay. And they move in all different directions, sometimes up and down too. Down, not so good. That means you've fallen over. So I play that position a lot. But the thing I've, I've liked about Dusty recently is that he's been taking the weight off kicks. Now, I can explain that to you by, you know, sometimes you, you kick it really hard at someone and it goes straight to them, right? And it goes low and flat. What Martin's been doing is kind of kicking it out in front of them and allowing them to run onto it. So it creates a bit of distance between him, between the recipient and their opponent and just gives him a bit of room to move, and he's one of the best in the league at that. Almost like he's had a bit of a, a rocket up his backside the last couple of weeks. He's been fantastic, and if he's returning to that sort of form, it's a bit of a warning shot over the bow of a few teams. Oh, yeah, you look up at that because it's like a boat reference, and you're like pirates. Yeah. yeah. So a warning <laughs> shot over the bow. There you go. I'm going to start working some more um, pirate references into this. Nick Natanui. He was like, oh, I'm trying to find a pirate reference for you. He was like Captain Jack Rackham. You don't know what you're talking about, and I know you don't know what you're talking well, who's, about. Who's Captain? Who's Jack Rackham? We're not going into it. He's a pirate, <laughs> isn't he? Yes. Well, Nick Natanui took over this game like Captain Jack Rackham. <laughs> he was a monster in the hitouts, gave his mids first opportunity all the time. So guys like Elliot Yo, Luke Shuey, and Tim Kelly, he fed him, and... He really got him going. He was just like a... He moves the entire pack. So Nick Nat, when he jumps at the ball, it knocks it forward. He, can, he just drags seven or eight other guys with him, 10 or 15 metres, and then West Coast win the ball. He's just an, He's one of those guys that you cannot really judge him. If you look at the next day and you're reading the newspaper or looking on the internet and you find the stats from that new and you look at it and you say, wow, he got nine touches for the game. Nine touches, nine nine kicks and handballs, and that's it. And you think, yeah, he had a pretty. Sound like a lot. He had a pretty exactly. So you get a lot of people saying he did, he didn't do much, he he didn't do enough, and then you watch the actual game and you think, oh my god, he's the most influential player on the ground by a country mile. So yeah, we give our mongrel votes every week and stuff. He was best on ground for me by a, a by a long long way. He had this bloke on him called Esava Ratagalia. Such a good name. Yeah, that's about all he's got going for him. Oh, no. This bloke. No, no, he actually had a really good first quarter, and I thought he went a long way to breaking even with Natanui. And then after quarter time, it was like Natanui flicked the switch and just started dominating him at, at the centre bounces, jumping up and over him and just palming the ball down to to his midfielders. It was fantastic. Radigalia didn't help his own case by missing the target a couple of times late in the game, causing turnovers and... West Coast punished them. Alex Witherden up in Brisbane. 
all the all the attention seems to go on Harris Andrews, who's all Australian fullback at the moment, will be again this year. Alex Witherden was one of the guys who probably suffered with the addition of Luke Hodge over the last couple of years up in Brisbane. Kind of took a bit of bit of a back seat. Almost had his role changed or taken over a little bit. So he was the guy distributing from the from the back fifty. He basically slotted back into that role this week. Had 25 touches, 84%, and 8 intercepts. Between him and a bloke called Noah Answorth, who I'll get to a bit later on, they controlled the defense and were fantastic for Brisbane. Jack Gunston, I told you we're going to get to him. He did. Yep, you liked him because he looked very slimming in his Hawthorne outfit. Well, he looks terrific. He's got a very small waistline, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, that, when Hawthorne wear that actual, their, their traditional strip, which is the brown and gold stripes... They look like a bunch of skinny blokes out there. I'm pretty envious, given I'm... What am I? Thick? Look, you're, you're a solid guy, which is what I like, so... That's my selling point, actually. <laughs> I'm a real solid guy. Gunston kicked three goals, took seven marks, and his three marks inside 50 were all contested. The Hawks brought in John Patton as their spearhead up forward and was supposed to be our, our go-to guy. They've had Tim O'Brien try and fail at that role several times. They throw other guys forward to take big marks, but Gunston is the guy. When he is on, Hawthorne are on. Last one, Josh Kennedy at West Coast, match winner. Kicked three goals in the last quarter, and it was just about a month ago, people were actually starting to write his football eulogy. They were saying, oh, he can't get get a touch, he looks slow, he looks like he's on rails. He's kicked 15 goals in the last three weeks. He's now leading the, the Coleman medal race. Can I just ask... When you say someone's on rails, that's not just you then. That's an actual phrase that people use. Yeah, it means that no, no, you can't I, turn. Yeah, you've told me that before, yeah. but I just thought it was something you... you I'm not that smart to oh, invent okay. sayings. I steal them off other people. <laughs> it's like all the reviews I do. I just steal everyone what everyone else is saying, apparently, and slot them into a review and go, hey, here's my review, which is parts of everybody else's. Big bias. That's big bias. I get a lot you of flog? that. Look yeah. at me. Oh, jeez, you're getting a bit personal there. <laughs> I might jump in now too. I've got the I've got seven unsung heroes of the round as well. So we've just finished. I I probably should have added. Oh, I did add someone from Fremantle. So there you go. Oh well, I was going to throw one in at the end, but I've actually added someone before we started. Who so was it? I'm not telling you. Yet. It's a secret. Oh. You ready? Yeah. First secret. <laughs> Liam Duggan's <laughs> mullet. Unsung hero. This is the best game he's played for the Eagles, or the best that I've seen anyway. He had. Eight intercepts, picking up the slack for Shannon Hearn, who was really, really quiet in the first half. I don't know what was going on with Hearn. He wasn't really in the play, but Liam Duggan stepped up, really jumped into the into the way a few times and cut off a lot of the Geelong attacks. I thought he and Dom Sheed kept the Eagles in it in the first half, and he was one of my unsung heroes. Dom, Dom Sheed isn't a coach. Well, no, Dom Sheed's a player. He's the one that kicked the goal in the grand final the other year to win the game for... Is there a Sheed that's a coach? Kevin Sheedy, you're thinking of. Oh. He hasn't been a coach for a few years now. I think he's about 70. Odd. Oh, wow. How do I yeah. even know his name? Uh, he's, he was around forever. He was like He's basically made a legend of the AFL last year. That might have been when you heard his name come up again. And Sheedy was coach of Essendon for 20-something years before heading up to GWS for a couple of years. So... Bit of an ambassador for the game, so really, really well known. I'm, yeah, I'm not not surprised that you've heard of him. There you go. Young, not, not Dom Sheed. 
not Dom Sheed. Right. Very different guy. Although he might go on to be a great coach one day. Yeah, Just uh, he might even change his name to Dom Sheedy. Oh, Who knows? Just to make my life easier. Bit of an homage for him. So Noah Answorth, young bloke playing up in Brisbane, gave Anthony McDonald Tip and Woody an absolute bath in the first half. McDonald Tip and Woody at halftime had the following stats: zero touches, one tackle. Now he's a guy who gets a hell of a lot of good press. And on the, the night before, or whenever it was, when, when the Western Bulldogs played, there was a bloke named Billy Gowers. And Billy Gowers had a shocker. It, by all, no, no one can say anything different. At halftime, he had very similar stats to, to Tip and Woody. And then went out and got seven touches in the second half. That's exactly what Tip and Woody got as well. Yet nobody has really mentioned how poor he was. And I'm like, this is probably a little bit unfair he gets a free ride from the press, and Answorth absolutely shut him down. Like there was, there was no question that he was far and away owning him in the first half. I put him in the votes. I thought he was fantastic, and uh, he's going a long way to securing his spot. Another bloke on Brisbane who had a ripping game was Lincoln McCarthy. Now his role as a forward was to shut down the run of Adam Sard. Adam Sard was averaging about twenty touches a game prior to this round. And the first quarter, McCarthy hit the ground running, kicked a goal. I think he took a, took a mark or got a free kick again and should have kicked another one, but had a trickle of blood coming down from his eyes, so they sent him off. <sighs> and the guy who took it in his place missed. <sighs> but what that did was it kept Adam Saad honest and made him pay attention to him. So no running off, no going and getting your own footy. He thought, shit, I better knuckle down on Lincoln McCarthy and make make sure he doesn't get a lot of the ball. And in turn, that robbed Essendon of any run they got from half-back. They had Connor McKenna already out, and the Bombers had basically no line-breakers, no one who would tuck the ball under their arm and run down the field. So fantastic move by everyone's favourite uncle, Chris Fagan, to put Lincoln McCarthy on Adam Sard and shut him down. Another bloke named Jacob Hopper plays for GWS. And when you think of the GWS midfield, you have a bunch of blokes who get plenty of attention. Cornelio, Kelly, Whitfield, Taranto, Kellen Ward when he's in there. But Hopper's one that kind of gets under everybody's guard. And when he's on, he's a real midfield beast. He had 26 touches, 5 clearances. If there's a radar in AFL football, he's flying way under it. He was a ripper today, and yeah, I reckon he was just about their best midfielder on the ground. He had Whitfield and Kelly outside getting plenty of the ball, and... In the middle, you had Hopper doing basically whatever he wanted. Last bloke, Luke Ryan for Fremantle. If he was playing for one of the big Melbourne clubs or West Coast, everybody would be talking about how good this guy is. So last last week, he was fantastic. I think he had 15 rebound 50s. was the highest amount for the year by a long way. He backed it up this week by having 11. It's the second week in a row, obviously, with double figures. Had nine intercept possessions. Took a big contested mark late in the game and had 25 touches as well. He's one of the best readers of the ball, I think, in the AFL. But playing for Fremantle, it's almost like it's almost like they are the the smaller cousin of West Coast. So, oh yeah, that, that, that's good for them. That's good that they've got this guy who plays well. Well done you, and they kind of give him a pat on the head. But how good was so-and-so on, on the weekend from West Coast? And I'm like, well, if this guy's playing for West Coast, he'd be he'd be given the sort of attention that maybe Jeremy McGovern was a couple of years ago. Do you know who he is? 
I feel like I should, and I've heard his name. Well, that's good enough for me. Jeremy McGovern. Is that the guy I think looks like a superhero? No, that's Jeremy Cameron. Oh, <laughs> never mind. You're going well tonight. Oh, it's my hair. I'm just stressing me out. Yeah, you're really thinking about it, aren't you? <laughs> well, we might jump in a second over to you so you can take your mind off the situation with your hair because we've got our ongoing segment of Mrs. Mungrel's All-Star Team. Wow, it's even got its own theme music. So what do you got for us this week? Okay, so existing team members are Hugh, Green Luggage, is both of them. The Hughes. And yes, and the Bailey that's supposed to be attractive. Bailey Smith, yes. And Colin Farrell. Uh, Arcane Farrell, yes. Petrarca. Petrarca's in the team. Go the thighs. And Does Ollie Wines get in? Given that this week <gasps> I am putting in Toby Green. Toby Green. Oh, because he did his hamstring, and you're very impressed with that. Yeah. <laughs> what? What impressed you about that? Well, well, it's not that I was impressed. It was just I was sympathetic. Yeah. Well. Because sometimes my hamstrings hurt, and I'm like, that's really sad for him. You've never hurt your hamstring, have you? No. I mean, I if if I'm oh, in the gym hurts. and it hurts, that's the part that. Yeah. Actually, I don't know why. he that's didn't look like he was that injured. Did he? Like he kind of felt for it as though something was up. Then he just ran off. Like he ran off at a jog. When I've done my hamstring, I'm not jogging anywhere. Well, maybe maybe it's like when I say, "Oh, I've done I've done my shoulder, yeah. I've done my back." It's just more of, "Oh, there's a tiny bit of soreness." People, <laughs> Mrs. Mungrel sometimes tells me she's done her back, <laughs> and spends the next you know few minutes going, "Can you rub? Can you dig your elbow in here?" And then miraculously, it's fixed. Yeah, you could have. That's what not you do. doing your back. <laughs> That's like having a little twinge or something or an itch. No, when I have a twinge, no, when I actually have a twinge, I'll just be like, oh, you're, I've done my back a little bit. You're like the opposite of the Black Knight from from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's but a flesh wound. You're like, oh my god, my arm's falling off. Look, look, careful, or I'll do my back again. Oh yeah, don't worry. I'll give it about fifteen minutes and we'll be on the couch. Anyway, Toby Green. Yep, is in. Good on him. I, I, I think Ollie of all... Wines. Oh, Ollie Wines. Because okay. I just... Just every game would be thighs plenty. That's lovely. So you if know? you're going to tune in to games now, I'm guessing Melbourne games. Everyone. Love it. it what? No, I'm not going to watch everyone. No, That's no. Ridiculous. You barely watch any. No, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Who's that guy? Dom Sheed? Was he a coach? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? The superhero? Was it James Cameron, the director of Avatar? <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't pulled that out. <laughs> so Ollie Wines gets in on the basis of, of his thighs. huge lies. Yeah. What's going to happen if a player just comes in, can't play at all, and has massive thighs? Does he get in? Yeah. Remember I showed you that picture of the US broadcaster, Pat McAfee? No. And he just looks like abnormal, like through his thighs. He's just got these humongous thighs. I don't know how he could walk without... Getting a rash. Look, I like get. Look, no, we don't. We don't need to go excessive. Just civilized chunk. A civilized chunk. A civilized chunk of thigh. Yeah. Now you promised something last week, and I've just remembered what it was. You told me you were going to announce some some of the positions in your all star team. I've got for two positions guys. that I'm pretty sure are real. Wow, sounds like Joe Ganino's sex life. <laughs> Poor old Joe oh, Ganino. 
He I'm not have, even sure if he's real. He doesn't have any possessions and everyone knows it. He has one facial expression, the surprised one. God. Off you go. Okay, so my first one is a back leg pocket. <laughs> like like on a pair of jeans. Who plays in the back leg pocket? I think I might have gotten a bit confused with cricket. Is that such a thing in cricket as that? I in don't cricket know. you have square leg. Oh, so there's legs. And Thank in, you. And in... And oh they're pockets. <laughs> and in football you have back pocket and forward pocket. So I, I am a sporting genius then, combining the two. You are, yes. Uh, who are you putting into the back leg pocket? Oh, well, obviously, leg. Oh, it's either Mark Petrarca <laughs> or, or Wine Scotch. Let's just put them both in. Even though they don't play anywhere near the back. Oh, all right. No, no, no. That's besides the point. This is your team. I don't want to run in your parade much. <laughs> and the other one is a running half flank midfielder. <laughs> now, I've been listening to you. I'm fairly sure that's close. A running half flank midfielder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, it sounds like you've combined a football position with a nice cut of beef. You're giving me that look. <laughs> that, that I sometimes pick up from the shops. Is it an Angus? Maybe we should get Angus Brayshaw to play the half flank. Oh, Ooh, should. yum. Tastes great. That's the positions we've got so far, and I will, uh, I will listen carefully and I will create a few more. Well, I think at the end of, end of this exercise, we need to create a column for you where you can actually have a diagram and put people in their positions on the site. And then people can make heads or tails of it themselves. Could Dermot be in it? I don't mind if you put Dermot in. He, he could go whatever, wherever he wants and do whatever he wants in my book. I've got a lot of time for Dermot. Interestingly, that's it. That, that's it. it is it. <laughs> it's it and possibly more. Interestingly, uh, over the weekend, we had an article go up by a guy who wanted to remain anonymous wisely speaking about the benefits of Carlton possibly trading Patrick Cripps. Ooh, contentious. Very contentious given he's a club captain at the moment. However, what what he was kind of getting at was the sum of the parts you get for Cripps maybe more maybe worth more than he actually is to that team right now. So the way he was terming it was that let's just say you traded with Fremantle, right? I just spoke about how good a kid called Caleb Sarong was before. If you could somehow procure Caleb Sarong and their first round pick and give them Crips, they have this amazing dream team of Fife and Crips, right? Of course, this is all subject to Crips wanting to go, Sarong wanting to go, everybody, you know, holding hands and being happy about the deal. So it's a massive hypothetical and in all likelihood, likelihood would never happen. However, it's pretty good to speculate. Uh, got a heap of reads. So thank you, Mr. Wrestling 2, uh, for... Is that his name? Mr. Wrestling 2? Yeah, because it was already a Mr. Wrestling 1. So, oh my god, really? Yeah, he had to be Mr. Wrestling 2. <laughs> well, it's better than being like Mr. Wrestling 8. That'd be pretty shit. Far out. So, Cripps is 25. By the time Carlton are ready to legitimately contend for a premiership, you think he'd be late 20s? So, probably still at the peak of his powers. So... I know that trading Patrick Cripps is a contentious thing because I told my personal trainer and she just got this look on her face. Carlton supporter, I'm guessing. Yeah. And I I was a little bit scared for starters because I couldn't remember if she supported Carlton or Geelong. And then I realised I should be more scared 
because she hated the idea, but was very reasonable about it. So what, what was her argument it. against? Just didn't want to. I can't remember. I was too tired. We were doing so, boxing. I was pretty much on the floor and also scared that she'd whack me. <laughs> yeah, so the, the argument against is that he's a top you know, five player in the league. You don't trade away that, that sort of talent. However, if you could get, the net result of this trade would be Tom Papley from Sydney, Caleb Sarong from Fremantle, and enough salary cap room to secure someone like Zach Williams, who's an elite kick of the football, from GWS, who's at a contract end of the year, all of a sudden you look at it and go, oh, three players of very high quality, or potential very high quality, for one player of top-tier quality. Do you bite the bullet and do it? Imagine Fife and Cripps together. It'd be a, an interesting pairing. I don't, don't think that would work, personally. They, they're too similar. Cripps and Fife. It sounds like a uh, boutique beer. Oh, gosh. Don't give many ideas. They'll be sucking down those beers. <laughs> In isolation, would be great. Uh, no, I, I don't think that's a goer, but it's always fun to speculate. And Mr. Wrestling 2 put it out there. Obviously, Carlton supporters are pretty passionate about it. And, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to entertain uh, multiple crazy trade ideas that, that come our way. I mean, that's... I would I would love to do that, but I think it would become very apparent who it was me. It was me, even if I uh, wrote oh, under a... Yeah, a you'd be wanting to that. trade for Petrarca and you'd be wanting to trade for Ollie Wines. Yeah, the minute I say thick thighs, everyone would just be like, oh... <laughs> yeah, we know, we know what you're about. Put her back in her box, please. So this week is going to be some buys. Hey. So So four teams, I think, have the, have the week off, which means Monday night, round 10 starts, so... We've got less than 24 hours from the conclusion of round 9 to the start of round 10. Mad. Well, you know, football palooza, it's a it's a crazy time. It is. Yeah, better than Homer palooza. No one's shooting anybody in the stomach with a cannon. It's early on. Yes, yeah, true. Anything could happen. So tomorrow night you've got the dogs and the power, which should be great. It legitimately should be a fantastic game. The dogs were touched up this week. Just gone. <laughs> Half their luck. <laughs> and uh, the power you know, rocketed back into form. Tigers and the Lions on Tuesday night, which sounds crazy because this is a marquee matchup. This is probably two really, really informed teams going head-to-head. And you know, I think late last year, they played each other in round 23 and then the first final. And in both of those games, Dylan Grimes... I'm going to use touch-up again just so you can get a bit of a smile on your face. Dylan Dylan Grimes gave Charlie Cameron a real touch-up. <laughs> Doesn't take much, does it? <laughs> nah, in both games. So I'm really interested to see how how Charlie Cameron plays this. He can't be caught in a wrestle with Dylan Grimes. He's going to get slaughtered again. Very, very interesting. Cats and North on Wednesday. Crows and Demons on Wednesday. Demons were absolutely pathetic this week, and so were Adelaide. So someone has to win, I suppose. Um, I was almost on the Demons bandwagon going into this week and they were so poor they were just so so poor that it's really hard to see them going anywhere but they should account for the crows pretty quick pies versus the swans on thursday suns and saints on thursday which is you know shaping as a pretty good game and the bombers and giants on friday night which i think will be the pick of the games this week coming uh you're screwing your face up you don't like Essendon, do you no do you like the giants yeah. They'll be without Toby Green. No. What, what does that mean? <laughs> Is there any other giant? So you sound like, like a belligerent teenager. No. Yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel yeah. a bit belligerent. 
COVID is is just. Uh, you like the guy who looks like a superhero. I do, but is there anyone else? You're asking me who you like. Yeah, I am. How am I supposed to know this? Because you literally are the only. You know everything I know. Yeah, about you're just giving crap answers now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, another five five days of football to finish off round ten should be interesting. Uh, we're what five six days into this twenty day marathon now. Five days. Oh geez, I've lost count already. This is only going to get worse, isn't it? It's not going to get better. So we've got 24 hours roughly to get all our player rankings and stuff up. And uh, I'm going to trade off some sleep and try and do that. I've just taken two antihistamines. Wow. Can you share some? First generation. Wow. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds... I'll be out like a light in an hour. (laughs) Yeah. You've only got a a podcast to to edit that you've been blowing your nose all the way through. <laughs> anyway, guys, we well, might I leave. I took them oh. with a point. I took them with a point. What was the point? To stop the snuffling. Okay. And the eyes running. Oh, they're running now for a different reason. I'm allergic to you. <laughs> allergic to good humor. Yeah. Anyway, we'll leave it there. We'll catch you guys after round 10, which is like five days from now. Ridiculousness. Take care, guys. <laughs>